Dear Brambling, it's Uncle Luke here. I hope you're doing well today. Today is BC Day here in uh, Vancouver, and so yay, I get the day off. I'm so excited. Wow, I've been working really hard this past week. I also want to just say sorry to uh, everyone waiting on this episode. I have procrastinated a lot. Yeah, just dealing a lot with uh, the process of, um, you know, what comes with uh, witnessing a traumatic event. Yeah, I just, I don't know. You know what? It's just been put on the back burner, and I'm sorry, but here I am. Here I am. Finally, I'm going <laughs> to just get it done. Get her done, bud. So, yeah. In the last episode, I was talking with my friend Richard. Um, We left off kind of talking about the Myers-Briggs test and how when Richard took it, he actually came up with like different results every single time. But yeah, this conversation also goes into a discussion about mentor relationships, which I actually found to be really quite remarkable and a great chance for me to just kind of get out some of my feelings about um, some of my past mentors. And yeah, then we talk about boundaries. And yeah, like I said, um, I talk about a time when I had to put up a strong boundary. And um, yes, just uh, to let you know, everything has been resolved. It is all okay now. Yeah, sometimes boundaries are, well, Prentice Hemphill said it the best. They're the distance in which I can love you and me simultaneously. And yeah, I just, I love this conversation because Richard, you know, being a student psychologist and really understanding, you know, the complexity and the nuances of this stuff takes my story of setting a boundary and validates and lays it out and listens and just, I don't know, I just am very thankful. And yeah, everything is okay now. (laughs) It's all okay. I'm also, uh, I guess some some little notes or some some updates so i'm currently also working on season two of the dear brambling podcast where i am reaching out to a whole bunch of other guests maybe having some returning guests and i am taking this time right now to just record and i'm going to just record 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 and i've uh, got some help from some more editors now and so i'm going to send them off get them edited a little bit and um, I've got some new theme music coming. Um, I might even have some access to uh, a space coming up soon. I don't know yet, but there's some things in the works, and I'm really excited to really just kind of pour myself into this this podcast, because something really special has come out of it, and it has become this important, integral part of my healing right now and i'm just really grateful for that and i i I, if i keep going and doing this for forever and ever for as long as i can that sounds really nice it really does so with that being said i don't want to hold you up any longer so i am going to let you continue on with the conversation with my friend richard and i will see you on the other side Um, okay. So my mom does a 23 in me, um, and she, uh, it was funny looking at all the traits that like her DNA would suggest. And it was just like, huh. and it was like, oh yes, you've got the muscles of an athlete, like based on your genetics. You've got, you are like not prone to seasonal allergies. You may, okay. you may be slightly allergic to cats, but it said like oh you don't drink as much coffee like you drink a normal amount of coffee and then i'm looking at this and being like this is not my mom she has the worst allergies i've ever seen in anyone oh no i am very not not athletic i look like a gold 
metalist compared to my mom <laughs> and she drinks coffee like it's nothing she drinks it right before bed as i'm sipping a cup of yeah. coffee and so i it's just so funny seeing like this test that's like based on her dna but like it's still flawed and there's still right. issues because i just don't yeah it's so true you can't really just put people into like boxes essentially so describe yourself and describe like myself well no 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 just like uh, as advice describe yes get, get into that and so yes relationships i love how we're here <laughs> i know <laughs> i love how we're at the like actual topic that i initially had said let's do this topic but yeah. i think again i think that just says something about like how our emotions are so essential to our relationships and like how our relationships form our emotions mm-hmm. well because we are social beings mm-hmm. right yeah and belonging is one of our instinctual needs yeah we want to belong to a group or to people because we die if we don't belong to a group of people exactly right that's humanity it's terrifying isn't it yeah <laughs> to be alone on an island yeah Castaway is that the movie? Oh yeah, Tom, Tom Hanks and the volleyball. He, he had Wilson. <laughs> he had Wilson, but there's a there's a, uh, a a creative example of the need for social interaction that will just create it. Yeah, out of an inanimate object. Like I okay, Passengers. I thought I was gonna hate the movie. This he, is the one with Chris Pratt and Jennifer Jim Lawrence. Lawrence. Yeah. Okay. And, like, he is, he wakes up, he's on, like, a 90-year voyage where everyone's put in suspended animation, mm. and his pod opens up early. Oh. And he's able to last a year by himself, but at the end of the year, he only has, like, a robot bartender to talk to. And at the end of the year, he almost commits suicide. Or, Oof. sorry. That spoilers. No, no. Uh, yes. <laughs> spoilers for this, but also, uh, I just want to say something around, I, like... The language of committing suicide that's not how we we should say it anymore mm. he he attempted suicide okay um but um oh i get that yeah committed is like related to um, like a crime crime exactly wow yeah wow yeah so i'm trying to see i i work with suicidal clients for a year and i'm trying to change that language it can be hard but yeah he ends up falling for jennifer lawrence and like he listens to all of her audio logs and video logs that like are on the ship really needs that relationship and he eventually pretends that her pod malfunctioned as well when it was actually him that opened it wait so did he like yeah he hallucinate no 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 he he condemned her to like be alone with him on the ship for the next like 90 years oh yeah he forced his will oh that's it's really shitty and i think like a really like honestly a really good movie interesting because like it's not saying that like in no way says what he did was right but like you 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 understand the need for social interaction right we do what we need we we do what we feel like we need to do in order to survive yeah and so, like, yeah, I have some empathy for his choice. Yeah. Even though it's a shit. And here we go. Here's a dialectic. Yeah. You understand, like, why he made this choice. Yeah. But, like, also, wow, that was a shitty thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, yeah. One thing I wanted to talk about, which has kind of been hitting me hard, is mental relationships right now. Mental? Mentor. Mentor relationships. Oh, fascinating. Because I think that's really important. And, like... I mean, I've had many mentors through, like, as somebody, I'm in a PhD program right mm-hmm. now. Like, you have to have a lot of people helping you along the way. Yes. In something like that. And you have to, yeah, you just have to naturally gravitate towards that. And I'm like, so I've got a lot of examples, but I'm wondering, do you have any examples of mentors? Yeah. Yeah, I do. In In my mind... Mentor is a word used... Oh, okay, we're sharing a drink. Do you, do you want some more? Yeah, I want some more of this spicy spicy kombucha. Hopefully we got a good audio of that. That's awesome. <laughs> Ooh. Um, ASMR. Um, so, mm, that is good. Yeah, uh, surprisingly. So, so a mentor is someone essentially who guides you down your path, the, the chosen path mm-hmm. that you want to go down, right? Is that how you would define a mentor? 
Yes, but there are distinctions between good and bad mentor that go beyond uh, that. But keep okay. going. Okay. So yeah, people that I have had in my life who are um, supposed to have like the knowledge about the path that I want to go down and they're supposed to guide me down. I had my, I think one of my most significant mentors in my life was um, my dance teacher, Tony. Mm. He was the longest dance teacher I had. Mm Mm-hmm. And he definitely... He was 10 feet tall. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? What I mean by Sorry. that... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> what? No, he wasn't. Um, what I mean by that is, like, I had him for 12 years yeah. of my dancing career. Yeah. And he definitely made me feel um, just seen. Yeah. I think that was the most important thing, mm-hmm. is that he saw me... Maybe it didn't make me feel at like grandiose special, mm-hmm. but he saw me. He would convince my parents to put me into more things, mm. if yeah. that made any sense. And it was in this very like very well done way, mm-hmm. where you know he would go to my parents and be like, "I think Luke should be in a team, mm-hmm. like a team of eight, and we should do like a traditional Kaylee and do competitive for that." I think uh, Luke should be in this, and Luke should be in that. And it, it wouldn't really... I guess in a way, because I was really young, mm-hmm. it was like the parents, my parents deciding where yeah. I should be in my journey, and my parents then kind of just putting me into these classes. Yeah. And I didn't really have much of a say. However, mm-hmm. I enjoyed the majority of all of it. Okay. So yeah. he kind of laid out the path in front of me, mm-hmm. in a sense. Yeah. And didn't really make me feel too special about it, but definitely nurtured the path I was going down. And there's something really healthy about it. I really like that. Yeah, and what I was gonna say, like I, I wanted to hear your 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 definition before I put in mind that like of what a good mentor is. Like I feel that relationship is a relationship where you want they want to see you grow. I feel there's two types of mentors that you can have. There's the mentor that has a job that they want you to do. Or there's the one that really focuses on, I want to grow, help you grow. Mm. And I feel like you can probably think of some bosses that you've had that it's more like you're doing a job for me. Yes. Versus the ones that have been like, I want you to achieve your best. Interesting. I like I like how you just worded that because mm-hmm. then, you know, it just really made me think about the value of the obliviousness I had during my experience sometimes <laughs> about I'm not really sure what this path is leading me down, but like mm-hmm. I had this trust yeah in my mentor and in my parents yeah. that it was the right path. Yeah. And like I just got to experience it without people telling me how I should yeah. be experiencing it. Right? It yeah. was to, it was very much my own experience, mm-hmm. and I think that's what made it very valuable for me. Yeah, and the reason why it just kind of like wove itself into my heart center is like this is my relationship mm-hmm. with Irish dance. Yeah, that I think was what made Tony one of the most valuable mentors. Mm-hmm. I've had so many mentors in Irish dance, yeah. and I had one specifically, and I think this one that I'm t- going to talk about is the reason why my masochistic shadow is female because mm. I think she's a, a reflection of her but yeah. if I were to take a step back and unpack that whole mentor relationship that I had her self-worth mm-hmm. was dependent on her students' success yeah. and she didn't have a lot of her own self-worth Yeah, right? I do and... even remember her even saying to all of us in a class like when you're at a competition, you are no longer your parents' child. You are my little dancers. And, like, that's that just shows that, like, what I said, it's you're doing a job for her. Yes. Rather than it being, like, celebrating your own success, it's a celebration of her success if you win. Yes. Yeah. Yes, and it, now this is bringing me back to my unpacking of all the traumas of Irish dance with my friend where we were kind of breaking down the linguistics of like the competition in Irish dance when you receive an award in Irish dance it's and in insert placement here like in third place Mm -hmm. is Luke Benoit from 
insert school name here, which is usually the last name of the mentor. Mm -hmm. And what we're saying in that culture Mm -hmm. is that when you win, your dance teacher also wins. Yeah. And I think sometimes what happens in that culture is that in the dance teachers, in their psychology, they hear, and in first place, my name, I win. Yeah. And they totally forget that the dancer won. Versus the other, like, the good mentor is the one like, yes, I just heard my name, but it's because I was able to help Luke. Right. And maybe they even recognize, oh, whose name was said first? Yeah. Luke's name was said first. My name is second. Yeah. But like, ultimately, it seems like it's a pride for your success, Mm. not for their success. Yes. And I'm not saying that Tony was perfect in this way, because I know that there's been other students that haven't had the best experience with him. Yeah. Right? But he's been a teacher for 40, I don't even know, like years. He's He's had a reputation, right? And he's had thousands of students. And they come and go, right? But mm-hmm. I think, f- speaking from my experience, that I think it was probably one of the best for me, mm-hmm. right? He created this uh, environment and this culture in his dance school for me mm-hmm. that created this value and this meaning. Yeah. Right? It was it was lovely. It was perfect for me. And, like, I that kind of... I think an added layer of that is, like how much autonomy and how much like you become part of that team Mm. and i i will always fondly reflect when i was learning dbt i was learning it at an actual like a dbt centered therapy clinic wow and when you're doing dbt it also includes like it includes all those big parts that i talked about with you're doing group therapy you're doing individual you can call your therapist that's another thing but one of the other components is group consult therapy for the therapist oh and that's where we all get together as therapists in the center and we talk about our difficult clients Mm. and i think the fascinating thing was and it doesn't always remove that power differential because i think the power differential between you and a mentor is important and like that's an an important uh limit that you have between the two of you but i really liked being in that environment because they treat you as an equal yes in that sense and like their their whole idea is like yes we have been doing dbt for many years but i a student's going to come by with an idea that's may just be so basic but maybe something we've overlooked mm and I mean, there were times when my supervisor would bring things towards me and be like, this is one of my clients. What do you think's going on here? And wow. I could offer that insight. And it's just like, it was interesting to experience a mentor relationship where that quality happens at points. And I've noticed that actually like a lot of my mentor relationships, like they may not start out that equal but the ones that have been really good eventually get to that point where we like snap to like where i'm at least we're at least overlapping and i can say something and like help develop them as a person you're making me think of with this whole equality Mm -hmm. mentor compassion why Mm -hmm. am i snapping to compassion Mm -hmm. i think the reason why I'm going down this path is because of Pema Chodron's uh, mm-hmm. definition of compassion. Mm-hmm. She mentioned something about how it's a relate. It's not a relationship between the wounded and the healer. It's a relationship between two equals. Yeah, yeah, it's... right. And that's why I think like a healthy mentorship is almost a compassionate relationship. Yeah, and I think from that is the ability for the mentor to say that they're wrong on something. <sighs> And I think that's, I I guess that's another piece to it. It's not necessarily growth, but the willing to be humble as a mentor is probably really important. (laughs) Definitely really important. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. I just, yeah. I I thought it was important to bring that, like, that up because there's going to be mentors throughout that don't foster those things. 
that I'm, I'm really realizing myself, like how to identify those. And I'm just starting at a new clinic and my supervisor is reviewing every single tape that I, of therapy that I do. That is a lot of work, but it just shows how much she, like, and we've just known each other for a month, but it just shows how much she's willing to give into this so that I take a lot away from it. And it's not just, here, go do this thing for me. Yeah. And make me money. Yes, right? Yeah. Oh, man. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah. I, I'm, take, uh, I'm taking that <laughs> for myself, right? If a good mentor is compassionate, is humble, what else mm-hmm. were you saying? Wants to grow. Wants others. you to grow. Yeah. And I think, like, that's something that I need to also take. Because, like, I supervise research assistants. And, Mm -hmm. like, as a grad student, you can sometimes overlook that. And I'm about to actually work really close with some research assistants. Mm -hmm. And, like, you've got to be there to help them grow. And that's, like, a really important aspect of it. Yeah! (sighs) Wow. Oh, the one thing I wanted to end on was boundaries. Cause, oh, because I think that's that's something really important in relationships. And I'm glad we're talking about that. Yeah, yeah. And like, I do, I wanted to add the language of DBT into this because I like, and through my work there, I actually don't like the term boundary because I think like it seems like something that's artificial, that's like stuck. Like it's like a fence. Yes. You have like assembled this artificial boundary that I do not want you to cross as another person. Right. And there is like a, a solid structure, like yeah. a solidification around the word. I definitely agree with that. Yes. yes. So we refer to it in DBT as a limit because like we all have limits. Yeah. That is a real thing. Y- yeah. It's not, it's not just something that you're putting down for the sake of get off my lawn it is a sake of, oh my god, if you trample my law, <laughs> I'm gonna, like, not be go- doing good, am I? Yes. And so, like, it's a real thing. It's also, like, a limit seems like it's more flexible. It's not like mm. you've put up that boundary. It's something like, I'm going to extend my limits. Mm. I'm gonna bring my limits closer to me. It's, like, it's something that's more maneuverable. But, like, I think it's, like, I think it's a good way of describing it. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had to put up limits with somebody? (sighs) Yeah. 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 Well, I think one of the reasons why this masochistic shadow, using that language again, is grown so big and has woven herself into a lot of different aspects of my psyche is mainly due to the reason that I have difficulty setting up my limits Mm -hmm. um and boundaries or you know whatever you want to say right um not gonna hit you if you say boundaries (laughs) it's literally in like all the texts that i read they use the word boundaries oh yeah it's very interesting how it's so societally accepted to use the word boundary versus limit yeah which you know it's interesting like in the king warrior magician lover book reading about boundaries your boundaries are limits that you set oh yeah okay right? good okay i like that's all i wanted to yeah. read but like yeah. it, he literally says boundaries are limits which i thought yeah. when i read that I was just like haha <laughs> <laughs> you're you're yeah I, I i think that's that's very interesting that like that's that's the language that some people are are adopting mm-hmm. and like yeah because boundaries is used a lot but yeah. I, but i think like yeah i think it's better to describe it as a but anyways, mm. what was interesting, however, in that book is that they described the warrior is he uses his anger mm-hmm. effectively, mm-hmm. right? His anger is the tool that he uses to determine where that limit is. Yeah. Right. And if you start getting angry, that means that someone has crossed that limit mm-hmm. and, you know, a healthy warrior acts mm-hmm. on it mm-hmm. and is clear about those limits yeah i think for me though i have a dysregulation when it comes to anger sometimes Mm -hmm. where it can be very loud and big and i Mm -hmm. think that could possibly come from 
reflecting what I notice from maybe my parents when they experience anger it can mm. be quite loud and big yeah and when I experience anger with others I have this fear mm. of being too loud and big mm. with others and I have this fear of hurting others yeah Right, and I'm so afraid it, of that sadist uh, shadow coming out, and just so it turns masochistic. Yes. Yeah. Right. So I then turn into the masochistic side, where I'm just like, "It's fine, guys. Yeah. It's fine." And uh, it's interesting how recently I've been really working on setting some more limits in my life, mm-hmm. and there's the story of Iron John. It's like it's it's a fable sort of tale okay. where it starts off with um, this hunter who is bored one day and he really wants some excitement. So he goes to the king of a kingdom and he's like, I'm here to help. Do -hmm. you have any issues? And the king is just like, oh, heck yeah, we got some issues. People are going missing in the woods Mm -hmm. and we don't know why. And he's like, perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. So the hunter takes his dog and they go into the woods and they go searching for whatever is taking all these people to which they find this puddle, right? And the dog goes by it and this hand reaches Mm -hmm. out and takes the dog and brings it down underneath the puddle which turns out to be this really deep well right and the hunter was really sad losing his dog but he ultimately was like satisfied realizing that this is the thing taking all the people Mm -hmm. so he then gathers um some workers and some civilians from the kingdom to help drain the puddle and underneath they find that there's this man and he's got this wild crazy red hair and the red hair almost looks like rusted iron Mm -hmm. and so this is the iron man or the iron john or something right Mm -hmm. and so the hunter brings him to the king and then the king being afraid of this like wild untamed man puts him into a cage Mm -hmm. one day the prince of the kingdom was playing with his golden ball his -hmm. favorite toy and he accidentally throws it too far and it trails into the cage of the iron man Mm -hmm. and so he goes up to the iron man and he's like can i have my ball back Mm -hmm. and he's like well you'll get your ball if you can release me from my cage Mm -hmm. and so the little prince is like okay well where do i find the key and the uh the iron man says it's under the pillow of your mom Mm -hmm. when i was told this story i wasn't told the ending Okay. Which really, like, frustrated me. But I think ultimately it's a fable that's supposed to represent how men grow up. Mm -hmm. Sometimes how we are essentially the Iron Man. We are Mm -hmm. the wild man, right, who is imprisoned and wants to be free. Mm -hmm. Um, But we are also the little prince, Mm -hmm. right, who wants his golden ball back. Yeah. But it's all being blocked or safeguarded by Mm. the key that's under the pillow of the queen or of the mom Mm -hmm. and that's kind of supposed to represent that sometimes our mother Mm -hmm. can have all these dreams and ideas Mm. about who she wants her son to be Mm -hmm. not realizing that she's keeping the key Mm -hmm. away from her son to being that person that she wants to be Mm -hmm. so ultimately it's up to you the little prince who is also the crazy um wild man Mm -hmm. to what to do with that so for me what i've recently done is i've kind of cut off uh my mom Mm -hmm. and not in it was a little harsh it was i'll admit but i do intend to reestablish that relationship with her but Mm -hmm. in currently at this present moment i just decided to stop talking to her Mm-hmm. and just give myself a few months to breathe and a few months to just determine what do I want mm-hmm. and quite honestly I feel really happy mm-hmm. I feel really just like free Yeah, I feel very free yeah <laughs> and I mean unfortunately sometimes we have to get to that point where we do distance ourselves from people that we really care about and that like again another dialectic you probably really care about your mom but you're taking some time away from her yes because that's healthy yeah and like i think like it's like you get into that incredibly difficult situation when like even though you've asked for something you still aren't getting it and Mm. that can be a really hard decision to do 
and sometimes sometimes that's the only decision to to be able to get come into your own or be able to be able to give yourself that time to be mindful mm. and understand your own self rather than be told what you should be doing and how you should be doing it yes and yeah no i definitely think that it comes from this place of love mm-hmm. right I yeah mean, come that from. fable like the queen protecting the thing you don't really want to release this thing that keeps dragging people under the water no. <laughs> so like i think there's some i mean there's uncertainty i yeah. think that's kind of what the the hand dragging down the dog represents yeah. is like there's uncertainty and there's a little danger yeah sometimes releasing the the wild man yeah right but there's the dialectic there right? yeah like you love your child so much mm-hmm. that you want to protect them from the world but in doing so you're harming them more for not making mistakes exactly yeah right i have a similar thing with my parents mm-hmm. like my my parents are very protective and like sometimes go overboard and I love there so I'm I'm gonna be starting ADHD medication soon and my mom has some thoughts about it that aren't necessarily that well informed I don't think um, but um, so she's saying a lot of things about it um, and my friend who uh, she's been dealing with another advice giving thing from her brother that has been frustrating her she was like the way that i handled it was i say i hear you i understand what you're saying you can dance on my grave (laughs) (laughs) where it's just like yeah if it kills me you are welcome to be happy that you were right but wow (laughs) you can dance on my grave (laughs) harsh but admirable it was just like that to my mom but i think that would that would not go well but yeah right yeah and i think that's like i think maybe this is a good thing to close on is like our changing relationship with our parents and that's something that i've really noticed in becoming an adult and like i think it was like at the beginning of grad school i looked back and i was like oh shit my parents are crazy And, like, I think that realization was, like, oh, I get it now. Uh, (laughs) I get it. I get that, like, this is me growing up is being, like, ooh, I need to do things better. uh, I don't know. And I feel like every every kid probably goes through that when they grow up. And, like, I think think it's healthy. I think if you're still thinking that your parents are all-knowing and all-powerful that's bad and again another dialectic here i think like saying that your parents have no value in their opinions is i mean depending on the situation is maybe maybe also bad Mm. so it's a middle ground of like my parents are flawed Mm. (laughs) and everyone is yeah yeah i think when we expect perfection from the people in our lives is when we get disappointed Damn. (laughs) But I think, to bring it back to boundaries, though, I think, like, we do need to expect a certain level of something from our, from people around us, or else we stop having boundaries altogether. No, exactly. I think um, it was Prentice Hemphill that said probably the most profound quote about boundaries that I will take with me for the rest of my life. What they said was that boundaries are the distance in which I can love you and me simultaneously. Ooh, I like that. Yes, I think you've you've mentioned this before. And I right. think like and I think, yeah, in places where my limits have been crossed, you you mentioned it's an anger. Mm-hmm. And like either an anger directed outward or inward. And I totally get that. Like when my bound or when my limits or boundaries have been crossed I either dislike myself for like feeling like they're crossed or I dislike the other person and that's when the relationship ultimately crumbles and and it's so hard to put up those boundaries sometimes because obviously the other person's not gonna like it yes and And I, I think a lot of times people say that when people cross boundaries they feel resentment 
Mm-hmm. Right. And what I've been learning is that resentment is a function of envy, mm. I believe. And to, to break it down, I think when someone crosses your boundary, I think there's that resentment, mm. which is actually disguised as anger because they get to do the thing that mm-hmm. you don't think is okay. Mm. Yeah. And now you're just letting them do it. Mm. And now you're kind of envious that they're doing the thing that's not okay. See, I never, like, I guess, I guess in the situations that I've felt it, it's never that I've been envious, though. Because mm. it's been more like I've been, like, and I guess this gets back to, like, feeling protective of somebody else. It's, like, it's either I'm being hurt or I'm having to have a front row seat of watching you hurt yourself. Ooh. <laughs> and that is that is horrible yeah. and like boundary here that they want to have is no you're sitting and watching me yeah. destruct you're sitting it and you're in the splash zone yeah <laughs> and like you better you better stay or else you're a bad friend yeah and so I, I don't think I felt envious. I can totally see, like, the envy of, like, in other situations, but yeah. the situations that I've been in where it's been a real boundary crossing or limit breaking. Limit breaking, um, yeah. Has been when it's not envy, it's more horror. Mm. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. Yeah. yeah. Which, again, another dialectic here. I love a person, but loving them is painful because they're hurting themselves oh yeah both can be true damn it (laughs) we're just going we're having a crash course on dialectal behavioral therapy here i mean again not giving a whole course on this but it's and like actually i think a lot of this stuff is not necessarily what we'd see dialectical thinking maybe i guess maybe in a broad stroke it is but okay but just like how i i really appreciate having all these moments where you're like and again there's another dialectic there yeah and again there's another dialectic there just to kind of like pull away the veil and just be like look at all these things that can be true at the exact same time yeah and like that's again the mr burns's germ door yes like (laughs) we just need a bigger door we really do (laughs) for for all the emotions and all the the truths and right yeah so wow Wow. So at that, I think that's that's a lot. <laughs> wow. And there's like a dialectic happening where I'm like really sad that I think maybe this is the end of the conversation. Yeah, I, I, you can definitely have me back. Maybe, yeah. maybe another hard drive. <laughs> maybe another hard drive will fail. I hope not. Um, but yeah. So let's. Um, I like to usually end off the uh, conversations with that little rapid fire. Okay. Would yes. you be down? Of course. Yeah. Okay. So. Um, what does vulnerability mean to you? Um, it's being able to show your true self. I think if I'm to relate it to something technical, I think it's like being able to show your primary emotions, Mm. being able to be honest with somebody. And usually that honesty comes with feeling secure and trusting of the other person. Wow. So a lot of... A lot of review of what we talked about today. <laughs> yeah. Um, what is your favorite movie? Oh, okay. I'd have to say, I'd have to say Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, <laughs> yes. It was, and like, I think for many reasons, I think just to relate it back to relationships, my, and I'm going to use air quotes, boyfriend, who actually wasn't uh, at the time, but, um, it was a movie that he went and saw with me for my birthday. Oh, yeah. Um, and he hates movies and does, like, for me, I get exhausted reading. For him, he gets exhausted watching movies. So, oh, like, okay. he would rather watch a play or he'd rather read. Um, Interesting. Never watches TV, never movies. So that was really nice that he would go and do that for me. And it was a way that we expanded together. But also, I love post-apocalyptic things. And I just think it's a fantastic movie it's like it pales in comparison to watch it at home Mm. compared to in theaters Mm. Mm -hmm. like oh it's an awesome movie and i think it's feminist as fuck and (laughs) 
honestly, it's not. It shouldn't be called Mad Max. It should be called Furiosa with Charlize Theron. Yes. Being like the biggest badass. Like, I don't want them to make another Mad Max movie. I want them to make a lot more Furiosa movies. <laughs> Ooh. Okay, what is the last TV show that you may have binged? Last TV show I binged. And, like, binge could have several definitions, just whatever uh, it means to you. The problem is I don't really, like, I just have a hard time watching TV shows sometimes. Because, like, okay. it seems like I'm going to invest a lot of time. And I'm like, I can't invest a lot of time into it. Then I just watch the same YouTube videos over and over again. <laughs> and, like, it's so, it's so weird. Um, TikTok. I spend so much time on TikTok. Oh, my gosh. Um... But yeah, um, I'd say the last one that I truly binged was Our Flag Means Death. Okay. I've never heard of it. Okay. I think, I think you should watch it. It okay. is, <laughs> it's, it's a, um, Taika Waititi. Oh, um, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he plays Blackbeard and it's the, it's a love story between two pirates. Let's just say. Oh, okay, that sounds interesting. It's hilarious. Yeah. And it's very cute. Okay. Um, and because I know the story of these two pirates, and, like, it's very much not the, like, it's it's a, it's a fictional romance, but just knowing what actually happens IRL, I'm like, ooh, next season's not going to be fun at the end. Uh-oh. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I'm excited. Okay. Interesting question. Um, if you could have dinner with three people, dead or alive or fictional, who would they be? Do they have to gel well? I guess... This it doesn't, it, they doesn't don't matter. have to. So if I was to have three dinners, I'd have them separate. Oh, okay. Let's just say this. One would be with my grandma, because I miss her a lot. Um, and we had great conversations towards the end of her life. She, uh, she actually, like, we, well, she frequently became acutely psychotic because okay. of frequent bladder infections. So we oh. thought she was going crazy. And she also, like, would just say things that you were like, what are, what's going on in your brain? Turns out, like, just she was getting a lot of bladder infections, which were causing these delusions. Interesting. Um, I didn't know that could happen. Yeah, wow. it definitely can. It's wow. something that happens in elderly people. Um, and then um, it turns out she couldn't hear barely anything. So I remember the summer, uh, I think it was the summer before she passed, she got hearing aids. And it was like I was able to talk to her again. Oh. And that was just, like, it was such a wonderful, like, I spent a whole week in Chilliwack and every day I went to go see her and we just sat and talked oh. and it was just so wonderful to have a conversation with her again and like yeah. uh, it's just so wonderful so grandma for sure who else i used to think like i'd like to talk to some therapists or like some like some researchers or big historical figures or pop stars but like honestly i'd want to have lunch with my friend val because yeah. she's on Vancouver Island and like she is practically my sister. I was her man of honor this year, so um, I just want to have more lunches with her. It's not that we don't get lunches together, it's just I want more. I get that. And who's who's the third one? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you only want to do two, that's okay. And we'll have you back and you'll think about it and then you'll be like, I thought of the third one. Okay. I will think of another one. Okay, so two it, very heartfelt ones. So. I love that. No, it's perfect. And then the third one is a, a promise to come back. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Awesome. Um, okay, because it's me. Yeah. I have to ask this question. What is your favorite Pokemon? I already know, but I just wanna. wanna... Which one do you know? Charizard. Yeah, I'd say Charizard. It's. Like, I don't know. I loved Charmander when I was a kid. Yeah. But I'm ba I'm a basic Charmander bitch. But or Charizard bitch. But no, no. I, I think Charizard's awesome. Let's I I'm an advanced one. I'm gonna give my team. 
Okay. Yeah. You know what? We are. Yeah. You are my. Yeah. Yeah. You are my Pokemon buddy as well. So. So I. Yeah. So. Charizard, Gengar, um, Swampert for my water type. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, and Garchomp. Ooh. Okay. Cynthia. Yeah. I well, it's, it's so uh, fairy, so powerful. Ooh, right. I should, um, I really uh, Aselgor. Is that how you pronounce it? Aselgor. Yeah. Yeah. I really like that as a bug type. Mmm. Um, Very fast. Yes. It's, I'm ground heavy, aren't I? You got two grounds. Yeah. Right? That's fine. Do you ever like to do the whole grass water? I usually, yeah. Fire thing? Usually. Let's let's just do vile plume. Vile plume. I, I would always do vile plume with. I did bullet seed. This is before. Actually, I guess this was before the special split, but. Okay. Yeah. No, that's know. cool. Okay. Nostalgically, that. Recap. So Charizard, Gengar, Swampert, mm-hmm. Garchomp, Iselgore, and vile plume. Yeah. Interesting. It's a, a decent team, That's isn't a it? Decent yeah. team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Okay. Um, is there any advice that you might have for a new uncle <laughs> <laughs> that I haven't recently like just gone over with the I whole know. relationship? I don't know. Um, anything anything out there for a, a new uncle like me? Or uh, any advice for the next generation? Just just enjoy them growing up. And, like, this is... It's weird coming from me who is not an uncle, but, like, I have, like, my friend that I'm seeing tomorrow, like, she calls me Uncle Richard Aww. to her kid because I was really involved in her life in her son's first... Like, throughout her son's life so far. And, like, it's just awesome watching them grow up and like just being like oh shit you can do that now like it's (laughs) it's it's a crash course on child development to be honest like it's so cool that is so cool okay yeah i will definitely put that in my back and next one is be able to be the person that they can go to when when their parents uh, (laughs) aren't the people that they can go to because they just need another adult I feel like I didn't really have a relationship with my uncle, because mm. um, <laughs> he's, he's a troubled troubled man. Um, but uh, yeah, just I wish I had that because I didn't have brothers or sisters. And oh yeah. So I guess that's why my parents, for until I became an adult, were they were God. <laughs> yes, I get that. Yeah. Mm. Um. Oh, I. I've... Why didn't I ask this sooner? Uh, what's your favorite food or favorite meal? I love anything really Asian-y, but pad thai is just like a good pad thai. Is but a bad pad thai is like ruins my week. Oh no! <laughs> um, yeah, but what's yeah? What pad thai works? Pad thai works. I I just love food. I do you know what? Next time we're on the show, I, we're just talking. Uh, like I'm gonna talk about food. That's okay. Good. That's uh, that should be our next topic that we do. I love that. Because like that'd be fun. I'm actually okay. Another tangent. Yeah. I'm trying to. I'm thinking of working with uh, my other counselor friend, and we're thinking of making a cookbook for people who are depressed. Oh my god, genius! Yeah, and so the idea is we're gonna have recipes that are like you can barely get out of bed, but you need nutrients. Here's something to okay it's time to do some behavioral activation of like, mm. like you need to go out and do something and be proud of yourself. Why don't you try break, baking your own bread? Wow. That's a skill that you can learn and feel good about. Wow. So I, I think there's so much you can do with cooking and like, I want, I want, I'm buying that. Like if you ever, <laughs> like, if I, I ever think, publish it, I think you should consider it that sounds like a, a little gold mine there. yeah i think so too you can describe like relate psychological concepts to food and i think that's really cool yeah yeah oh well it's been a pleasure that yeah. was epic that was an amazing conversation yeah. thank you I, so much yeah thank you and thanks for having me back and again food next time <laughs> food yes <laughs> amazing all right okay
Okie doke. Well, there we go. There is uh, my conversation with Richard. I just wanted to take this moment again to say thank you to Richard for coming onto the podcast. And I'm excited because we are already scheduling um, our food conversation. And uh, I'm actually, yeah, I'm actually kind of excited about that. Having Having him come back and yeah, talk about food. I know I like to eat it. Um, but yeah, uh, like I said at the top of these, this episode, um, I will be taking a bit of hi- a hiatus in order for me to record a whole bunch of other uh, episodes for season two. Um, I'm really excited for season two. I've got an, an, another editor. I've got uh, someone making some new theme music for me, and I might have some access to a space. And um, I don't know what this is going to come of, but... I'm excited to lean into it. Yeah, I've already recorded a few episodes and those conversations were really fun. And yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. And I'm excited to bring that to you. But um, yeah, this is going to be just my phase right now where I just record them all and then uh, package them all up and then maybe uh, set them out onto my distributor and uh just then just relax you know what i mean and just let the episodes release on their own because this routine of trying to get it out the same date doesn't work as you can tell (laughs) but anyways um i do hope you enjoyed this episode and um i hope there's something that you could take with you that was taught in this episode in some way and to brambling man I hope that this conversation helps you too, because um, I think I've listened to it maybe three, four, five times already. Yeah, it's really cool. Just know that I love you so much, and I'll talk to you later. Bye. The Dear Brambling Podcast is a podcast dedicated to my little nephew, to the next generation of humans growing up in this world, as well as to those who might be looking for a little more guidance in their life. It is hosted by me, Luke Benoit. The editing and sound design are provided by MB Productions, as well as Hideout Productions. The music that you're listening to is called Sunlight Cascading Through the Clouds by Artificial Music. If you'd like to follow me on any social media, I am on Instagram and Twitch at Rex. And for those who are still listening this far into the podcast, I'd like to take a moment to really thank you from the bottom of my heart. I'd also like to say that if you are experiencing any difficulties or pain in your life right now, there is still no substitute for a trained coach, counselor, or licensed therapist. If you are committed to putting in the work and really trying to better yourself as a human, I definitely recommend that you go searching and shopping for the right coach, counselor, or therapist for you.